All right, you've unlocked a miserable podcast of secrets, episode 11. My name is Nick Demakis. I'm the executive editor of The Next Level. You can just Google The Next Level or TNL forums to find us, and you can also reach us directly at www.the-nextlevel.com. And this week we'll be focusing on video game peripherals from the beginning right down into the present, but you know we'll also cover a lot of topics along the way as we go. To my right, to the right, as you listen to it, is Eric Manch, known as Sleeve on the TNL forums. Hey guys, what's up? Hey Eric. To the far right is Chris Rubin, otherwise known as MacDeus. Hey. Hey Chris. On the left, we have Chuck Forrester, our beloved Chucks. Yo. And we love you, Chucks. We do so, so much. But he'll never acknowledge it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it, guys. Let's move on. <laughs> and to the, to the far left... Now that everybody's uncomfortable. Our very own pinup babe, Mauricio Massetti, who, for brevity's sake, we'll call Mizzo. Beatitude for gains. The very inspiring. All right. Let's yeah. make this a treasure podcast. Let's change plans and make it a treasure podcast. Yeah, why not? Oh, I like no, it. You know, we, let's talk about peripherals, all, all the little gadgets and things that we've foolishly bought over the years to try to augment our video game experience. Um, I think I was thinking maybe we could just talk about, start with joysticks first, if anybody has anything to say, and then we'll move on from there, because those are the most course, basic. Of course, if we want to take it back... Even before that, I guess, the, I guess the first real video game peripheral was like a like a dial, like the pong dial, you know, like the little, little paddle. Is any of us that old? Um, yes. Well, I remember. <laughs> I remember having paddles. I mean, uh, yeah, I had, I had a twenty six hundred, so I, I've definitely used one before. For but... uh, for kaboom, the twenty six hundred had that that um, there was some cartridge. I remember slalom. I don't know how you pronounce it. But sounds right. I, I think. think yeah, I think that was on there, and that was kind of fun to play. Well, yeah, I mean, there was even one where you, it was like a balance board type of skiing game. I think uh, I think the twenty six hundred had one of those too. I, I do remember something like that. Definitely kaboom! You could not play kaboom without the paddle. Oh yeah, that was definitely a necessity. Yeah. My father had one of those uh, wood paneling looking old systems that only yeah, played yeah. pong, and like two or three different variations of pong. And those had like two, it was like one big controller with like two circle pads, like two circle thingies that you could rotate to control the, uh, the thing on it, on the screen. It was very incredibly basic. But that's, that's the first video game I ever played. Yeah, the, actually the, the, my first video game experience, I went over to my uncle's house and they, they had that system you could get from Sears or somewhere where you could play Pong on TV. And uh, that's the first time I ever played a video game. I remember um, one of my distant uncles was going around saying, I'll play the winner. I'll play the winner. <laughs> and I, I had no idea what that meant. I thought that he meant that whoever wins, he's going to pretend to be the winner and, and get all the credit. But Yes. <laughs> oh, like he was wow. going to act. I got yeah, it. I'll, I'll play as I the, like winner. the winner. <laughs> I will pretend to be the winner. I would just pretend to be the winner. You were dumb when you were a kid, huh? No, I was. I wasn't dumb. <laughs> His uncle was acting the winner. He was acting the fool. <laughs> Thinking back to like the old uh, twenty six hundred era of uh, of joysticks and joystick controllers, you know, thinking about how like unresponsive those old joysticks were, you know, compared to uh, you know later generations. Like, you ever pick up an old Atari made joystick and just try to use that thing? Like, it's, it's some it's bullshit. All, 
yeah, it felt like it was all one piece, and you were you were wrestling with it to move it. Wrestling, yeah, it's it's a totally different experience. But like, did you need precise movements? To, uh, well, to it was play? almost to the point where I when I, when I first used an NES control play control pad like it was it was like too responsive like i wasn't used to it because <laughs> i mean it's, it's fucking too good and this is yeah ridiculous. well i mean like unlike i don't know like a lot of people I, th- I think who listen who read tnl like i i was playing games i don't mean to like brag but like i i started playing like atari games i played games for years before i even like yeah and that's where you fucking stopped the nas yeah <laughs> but like yeah, I, remember, right. so I remember how it was like before did you did you have smurfs on ColecoVision? Oh yeah, I, no, did. I remember what it was like before too. Like my my cousins had an Odyssey 2000. That's what I grew up playing with, and and I I, I tried the Atari at friends' houses, and it was garbage. Like I, I'm sure people have fond memories of Atari games. And... Yeah, but where you're from isn't like the master system, the current like number one system yeah. over there. <laughs> oh, I think they're I think they're up to Super Nintendo now, in Peru. But yeah, like Chuck's just mentioned the uh, the ColecoVision Smurfs game. I mean, that control stick on the ColecoVision was was an even bigger piece of shit. Well, like those there things was, would Didn't wear they have out. the numpad? Yes, and yeah, the it was like a nub. Like the grasp with your hand sort of like moved it back and forth. And yeah, that that yeah that that number pad that was you had the overlays for. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt as to why the original video game crash happened. Uh, people were initially just amazed that something on their TV could be controlled in any way, and it was pretty exciting, but uh, eventually, everyone got tired of playing the incredibly simplistic, basic games that looked like absolute garbage. You had to use your imagination. No, oh, you mean like so the much Wii. Just to, yeah, <laughs> kind of like the Wii. You know, one thing I will say about the old ColecoVision, which I, I think... I think my family ended up getting a ColecoVision when the remember when um Cabbage Patch Kids were really popular like 1983 yes. 1984 mm-hmm. like well Coleco sold the the Cabbage Patch Kid and so I remember like the local department store had like a deal where like I guess they were trying to clear out their inventory of ColecoVision so they like you know they if you wanted to buy a Cabbage Patch Kid you had to actually yeah you had to also buy a ColecoVision so we ended up with a ColecoVision. Wow, that is brilliant. <laughs> that is yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because the Cabbage Patch Kids were hard to find. Not even GameStop is that evil. Holy yeah, shit. soccer moms were like tearing each other's heads off for Cabbage Patch Those things Patch were so fucking ugly. I don't even understand. I don't even <laughs> what do you understand. mean were? They still are. They of course they still are. I remember the ColecoVision had uh we had the Dukes of Hazard driving game and it had a <laughs> oh uh, it had a you had my dream <laughs> childhood. Yeah, it actually had a, like a, a a pretty decent like uh, driving controller, you know, that was sort of like had a big old Confederate flag all over it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, but like well, them Duke boys <laughs> don't got themselves in a dilly of a pickle. Let's see how they get out of it after this. <laughs> I remember how like those big peripherals used to be the things that really drove like video game systems. Like they, they and... jumped the car. That's how they get out of it. They jumped the car over something just just to break the suspense. But to the point where when you when you buy a new system like your they they would they would often advertise like the the peripherals for it like you know of course the NES when it first came out they were you know they were pushing Rob the Rob. robot or is it is it ROB or is it Rob? I it's always ROB. It, Rob. it stands for robotic operating buddy. I think something like that. Robotic. I think you're right about that. Buddy. But I think I think it's 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 acceptable and proper to call him Rob. I think that's okay. You're on a first name basis with yeah. Rob? Okay, well, I mean, it, I, I think Rob kind of highlights uh, the, the basic problem of peripherals, which is that it splits up the user base into people that have it and people that don't have it. And then when somebody uh, decides to make a game, they take that into account in that they will inherently sell less copies and then they don't make that game. 
and then nobody else makes that game, and then your peripheral is garbage. How many games were made for Rob, though? There there were only two that were released in the United States that I know of, Gyromite and right. Stack Up. And Gyromite was packed in with the robot, right? Yeah, that was a pack-in. Yeah, Stack yeah, Up you had that. to buy separate. And I think, um, you know, as it was pointed out, I think both of those games were specifically designed to use ROB. They weren't really designed any other way. Like, there wasn't, like... I Technically, you could take the controller, too, and... and and do the things that Rob would do, you know, when you <laughs> cued him with the, the no television. No do the things that Rob could do. <laughs> but, like, there was Poor no actual substitute. way to play either of those games without using ROB or, or Rob. So, yeah, talk about fragmenting the user base. <laughs> like, those games definitely did that. I think I think an incredible showcase of Rob the Robot is uh, not, not, to, not to hype up someone else's work, but we should because it was great... Uh, even though he's not always great, but the Angry Video Game Nerd did an amazing episode about Rob the Robot. If you guys haven't seen it, I, I definitely suggest that you do because it's it's really funny. Usually he's he's okay. Like I always feel like his writing could be a little bit better, but that particular episode he fucking knocked it out of the park because uh, he shows just how stupid Rob really was, and it's amazing. Does anybody remember how much Rob cost? Because I I mean I I couldn't even entertain the thought of buying it. Was he separate? Was he purchasable separate? I mean, he must have been, but I don't know. He didn't come with that. my system. Yeah, he didn't come with my system. Yeah, he didn't come with mine either, but my, my friend down the street had him. And I remember I was jealous because he had a moving robot while he was playing one game. But, you know, that's what kids do. <laughs> well, I mean, we're on the internet. We could look this up, but we won't. Uh, I'm sure Rob came out with an earlier package because mine came packaged with the uh, with the Mario Brothers slash Duck Hunt tape as well as the uh, Zapper, the gray Zapper. Not the red zapper you fucking posers have, the gray I believe, one. Yeah, that was a that was a later release. The one that could be mistaked by the police for a real gun, which is why they changed yes. the color to bright orange, except it looked like the space laser of the future. So everyone get down, you. he's got a laser gun. <laughs> yeah, the the original um the original NES release um came packed with the ROB and um I don't I don't even think it came with Super Mario Brothers. it, it came with Gyromite. Like oh, that, that was sucks. packing. That's a like, recipe that for failure, right there. Gyromite, Gyromite, and Duck Hunt, possibly. I think those were the two. Like, yeah. So, Gyromite just they... sounds like food to me, like Vegemite, but you know, nasty. Vegemite made with gyros. <laughs> it's like Vegemite, but nastier. That's that's it's, tough. It's, a, that's it's tough about to as off. good. I will say for uh, Gyromite though, it had some really good music. It's some really catchy music. would have to be the zapper since we were talking about it because that light gun was awesome that thing just worked right like did you guys ever have trouble with the zapper never awesome. you never had to calibrate or anything yeah space age alien technology for the 80s no calibration you just shoot those ducks and they die it's it's awesome yeah it was basically i think it was a type of infrared sensor basically every time you push pull the trigger it would it would change the screen to like a like a field of white. It's a it's a camera, and whenever you pull the trigger, the entire screen would would uh would change into hot zones. So like uh the ducks would be like big white blocks, 
that you could kind of see if you really look closely while you're pressing the button. And yeah. you're, and it will go ka-chunk, ka-chunk. That's the sound the sapper makes when you use it. And it would take a picture of this, of like the screen full of white blocks. And if you were, I don't even understand. You know what? It just works and it's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. It. I mean, yeah. We'll leave that to, uh, leave that to the internet. To leave it to the scientists to figure yeah. it out. Cause they can't, they still can't to this day figure out how that worked. You guys ever play Gumshoe on the NES? Yes. Yeah. That's that's where they had the or no wait what was what was Hogan's Alley was that uh, also like an Hogan's was more it's more of a target like a target was, shooting yeah what's game. the one where the little boards popped up they looked like robbers but you would shoot them and they would spin that's around Hogan's that's Hogan's Alley that's Hogan's Alley that's the one I played Gumshoe was actually like a platformer where you you played like a a a, a literal Gumshoe a a private detective who was trying to rescue his daughter who was kidnapped by uh, mobsters who had taken taken your daughter to the to africa and you're just uh, making this up as you go along yeah. i can tell no this is no this is literally what happens in the game like, did somebody give you a mad lib? last game yeah no no this is what this is what happens by the end of the game you have to fight this giant um eventually pick good. up a gun like your carrot your on-screen character eventually picks up his own gun and then you have to you have to take on this one-eyed cyclops Okay, you're making now this I know up. you're just making trolling yeah, us. Here. No, I swear this is. <laughs> what I remember from that game is that you can't control the dude. You have to shoot the things in his way, and that there was a water level, but I could just have dreamt, dreamt that. I yeah. really. Well, you 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 can't. The only thing you control about him is his jumping, and in order to make him jump, you have to shoot him. So then, that's kind of similar to the Gunstringer. Now then, Gunstringer. Don't, for the connect, the, don't drag, the this connect in, drag that into this conversation, yeah. this sacred conversation of We're talking about peripherals. Well, I'll get to the connect later when we get to the shitty stuff. Anyone here own a Sega Master System? Yes, I bought it from uh, Daycaz at, on uh, the Next Level forums. Well, you bought it like now. No, I bought it like, you mean like back then? five years ago. Oh, wow. Do you, you have the 3D glasses for that? No, I, did have the li- oh, I do have the light gun, but um, no, no 3D glasses. Yeah, it's too, I, yeah, I can't really speak to the light gun on that because I, I mean, I have I played a few Master System games, but never really played the light gun or um, yeah, I used I guess, the 3D yeah, that, effect. Doesn't sound like that threat's gonna go anywhere. I don't think we have any Master System fans. I don't think I had the Master. Yo, she just turned it off. Yeah, I kind of. <laughs> I kind of wish I did just to try it out. I do remember going to Toys R Us and seeing that wall next to the Nintendo wall, opposite from it, that had the Master System games with their white. You know, with the white-looking cartridge with the blue crisscross grid, yeah. One of my friends had a Master System, but we just always played the NES. <laughs> and that's the problem. I think people need to understand, like, uh, when you were a kid, you obviously had no choice as to your, your form of entertainment. Your parents did. And the Nintendo, when it came back, when it brought video games back, it was... it was. I mean, at first, I'm sure it had a slow startup, but by the time that uh, I was a kid, it was ridiculous. Like... When people did not say video games, people said Nintendo. Right. That hey, was you want to go over here and play that this Nintendo it. tape? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like people Nintendo did not tapes. talk about video oh, games. Oh man, that bugged me. Nintendo that bugged me so games. much. That's like it. even as a kid, I knew it was just like so obvious that you know Nintendo cartridge is not a literal tape. You know, These stupid adults should like understand that. And so you pretend to shoot them with your zapper over and over. Yeah, that's why I found myself in juvenile hall so many times. But what I was saying before, by the way, is that a Hogan's Alley is is a 
that's an actual thing that cops use. So it's called a Hogan's Alley. So the game being called Hogan's Alley oh. makes sense. It's not like a random name or anything. That's appropriate. Yeah. And of course there anyway. was Wild Gunman, which was probably the shittiest of all the Nintendo. You gotta use your hands? It's a baby's toy. Well, what else was there? There was like To the Earth, I think. Was that a Zapper game? Or am I thinking of a different one? Uh, I think it might have been, although I don't think I ever played it. It was like Bob Barker's Trick Shooting or some shit like that. I don't remember that. Oh, no, 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 no. It was Barker something, but yeah, there was definitely that. Like Barker Bill's Trick Shooting or... No, don't don't ruin this for me. Leave it as Bob Barker. <laughs> Bob Barker's. <laughs> he comes out, it's the showcase showdown, you've got to shoot uh, Roddy Roddy, whatever his name <laughs> was. Not Roddy Roddy. Keep shooting me a big wheel to make it spin. He comes on down. He's just like you failed, and boom, you shoot him in the face. He's well, like, yeah. Oh the Lycons are interesting as far as what we were saying before, where Rob the Robot kind of fragmented the market, even though it didn't really do it to a great extent because no, not too many games came out. But I was a guy, and to this day, I'm the guy who, whenever he plays a quote unquote Lycon game, uses the controller because back then we couldn't afford. I couldn't afford to get a Zapper, um, and today I'm just too lazy to. To buy Didn't one. Did Zapper come with the system? Not with my system. No. I got Super it, it Mario Brothers, I believe, with mine. Wait, you just got Mario Brothers by itself? I got the earlier system before. I think the Duck Hunt system came out later. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, it definitely did. I got mine in like 87, maybe? 88? So I got mine as a present. I don't even re- recall when it happened. Well, if you read my like article a... about me winning or getting in second place in the local video game tournament, you'll know that my parents would not buy me a Nintendo. <gasps> I had that's, to buy it I myself. I think that's Chalabus under certain states. Even my shitty parents bought me a Nintendo. I had to beg <laughs> for it and make promises. And I have the picture somewhere. I have a picture of me opening my Christmas gift, which is a Nintendo, and you have never seen a happier little fat kid in your life. Let me tell you. Is it better than uh, Nintendo 64? It's not. I didn't get that excited. I don't think I peed <laughs> a little bit in my pants or anything, but I was pretty happy. Queefed. Whoa, whoa. What? Explicit tag. I don't think we need to go there. Explicit tag. <laughs> I have a daughter, sir. You gotta earn that not, explicit no. tag. Yeah. One day she no. will, too. But, Aww. I mean, was there... I, like, later on in the system's lifespan, they did start crapping some things out that, again, were never supported, like uh, the... Was the was the pad like the running pad? Is that an official Nintendo product? The power pad. The power pad, yeah. Because I I don't remember too many games actually using that. I think it was originally made by Bond Bondi, but I think in in the in the U S. In the U S. Nintendo ended up releasing it, grabbed it. Yeah. But they did they did support it, and it was an official officially licensed product, and they did try to push it. I remember it was in their advertising a lot, and it's kind of a precursor to the DDR pad in a way. First first game you could control by stepping. Oh yeah, absolutely. Particular spots. I still remember. I went to one of the uh, Nintendo Power Club uh, things that they had back then, uh, where you could play that. You know, they had like those challenges you had to do. What to, Nintendo to Fun Club thing? Is this like some older guy in your neighborhood that invited yeah, you to his basement? It was some old guy in a van. He didn't go to the. <laughs> My name's van Luigi Mario. It was great. So I think no. this is around the same time that The Wizard came out, the movie The Wizard. Yeah, came I mean, out. they had these these uh, these Power Club things that you could go visit, and they had previews of games that were coming up. I remember I played Mega Man 3. Long oh, in the mall? It, came out. It, was, it was like a big convention no, no. type of It was thing, like a big right? convention place. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I, I, I have vague memories of this, but they had they had one of those competition things, and I joined up for it because, I mean, I figure, hell, you know, I am good at this. I will I will do well. Uh, one of the first things was a power, a power pad competition, and this little girl 
destroyed me because I was I was pretending to run. Like I was actually making strides on top of the power pad and this girl oh, was just yeah. with her tiny little legs was just like going, going like, as fast as possible. Yeah, and she destroyed me. And I there was nothing I could do. No wonder you're such a bitter asshole now. I didn't understand the technology. I was at a disadvantage. If it had been like there were people I think after that you could play a, a cartridge that was three different games. It was like Super Mario Brothers, then Rad Racer, and then um Tetris or something really weird like that. Yeah, I remember Tetris being one of the like the three games you had to play. Now this sounds familiar. This wasn't a blockbuster, was it? No, this was you know what? I, I have vague memories of this. This is when I was a Pretty kid. Pretty sure so it was a Nintendo sponsored uh convention that sort like, of went we around went the somewhere. country. Yeah, there was like a show floor, it was like a big area that had huh. Nintendo set up. Yeah, they came to like the convention center in Phoenix. Yeah, and I went with a couple of friends of mine, and it was it was pretty mind blowing. Yeah, I'm sure it came to Chicago, but again, shitty parents. <laughs> I don't remember. I I remember being there. I don't remember seeing the advertising or asking my parents or any of that stuff. I just wow, whatever. Well, I went once. Peripherals. Yeah. <laughs> that's so weird i've never i never heard anything about that now i remember the mall yeah. would have some nintendo sponsored kiosks that had like six or seven tvs that would reset every like 10 minutes and then there was a uh, play choice tens at toys r us yeah play choice 10 yeah that was an actual arcade system that a lot of places had like i remember my corner uh convenience store had one for a while um, Man, so so we started was... off talking about peripherals, now we're just talking about how old we are, basically. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk, That's let's, what this has become. Let's talk about the Power Glove. Um, I started talking so about bad. Wizard. Yeah, it's Dude, so that was, bad. Yeah, the biggest ad for the Power Glove was the Wizard, which uh, obviously, uh, if you like video games, you have seen clips of the Wizard. You've seen the Power Glove clip with Lucas Barton at this point, and uh, it is hilarious, yes. But uh, the Power Glove did not work so well. It did not work as advertised. I, I tried it a couple times. It was It was pretty garbage. I have never had one or tried it. It's horrible. You're not missing a lot. It looked cool. It worked pretty well for Rad Racer. I mean, I could I could manage to use it pretty decently for that game, for like driving type of games. Unfortunately, there weren't too many on the Nintendo, so... I played it with, uh, what was it, Super Glove Ball? Was it the one that came with it? Or... Oh, yeah, yeah. And that that was just like racquetball with your hand. So I mean, it worked okay, but it, my friend had it, and it never made me think I need to go out and buy this. You know? Yeah, I mean, it it didn't put you in like three D control of the game. You know, you, you weren't actually able to. You you were basically able to set you know different motions to different. You could cue the A button to uh, to your 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 finger, your pointer finger moving. Like you could flex your finger to press the A button, you know. Right, like, like uh, there weren't many games that were made to be used with the Power Glove. Like, the Rad Racer one, I guess, worked pretty well, and the, the Hand Glove thing. I, it honestly did not work that well. Like, it, it just, as advertised, to, to move your hand and to move the cursor on the screen, it really did not work that well. No. But on top of that, uh, to it was shoehorned in to, to use uh, existing NES games. And, like, if you're playing Mario Brothers, you would raise one of your fingers to to hold down the b button and then you would raise another finger or it was it was really awkward to try to play these games very awkward if you're into that kind of challenge to you know play mario brothers by moving your fingers back and forth i guess it's kind of a fun thing to do for that for that purpose it worked decently well i guess well, how big is the would the power glove fit on an adult man's hand i'm wondering um, i don't re- 
it yeah. must have been made for kids. Yeah, I, I mean, thing? I still have it. I mean, it's pretty flexible. You can you can get your arm around it. Although my my, I'm not a huge person, but it's Nintendo magic, sir. <laughs> it just it they, grows along with you. The zapper's yeah. magic, the power glove's magic. Now the power glove had a controller on on the back of it, right? On the rest, it did. Yeah, and so you could you could use the cross pad, and you could use the little. Um, to cut down on the number of potential returns to the store when when the kids started crying that this sucks. But you had yeah. to use one hand to play it because it was in your other hand. So couldn't uh. quite, yeah. Also, how have we not talked about Captain N yet? And we're talking about the Power Glove. Captain N, it's a big walking billboard for a Nintendo product. He actually had and the worst to his Mega person Man as ever. he walked around. He had the, the gamepad on his belt. He had the zapper. We should do a show on, on video game TV shows like Video Power and um, Starcade. Video Power was so good. Johnny Arcade. Nick Arcade. I loved Video Power. Are you kidding me? Nick, you're just getting Mazel excited. <laughs> you know, it seems like um, it seems like peripherals when the you know the NES generation sort of ended and moved into the the Genesis and Super Nintendo generation, it seems like peripherals began to become less important. I mean, eventually, like in the mid part of that generation they started coming out with like the super the super scope and uh whatever and the and the genesis equivalent of the super scope which i'm, I'm the, the, the menacer yeah the menacer right now but it's interesting when those games game systems came out they were sort of they were sort of not so much priority i guess i guess the focus had become like the the super like the mode the seven graphics yeah the actual games <laughs> i guess you could say even the, even the names of those two peripherals tell you a lot about the the 16-bit wars the right. nintendo with the super scope because they were they were the you know family Everything friendly big super. you know impressive technology and sega just had you know the blood and the mortal combat face. and it had the kind of grungy games although you know what having having said that i don't want to forget to mention this, and I want to go back to the NES just for a second to talk about the Advantage, uh, which actually was probably one of my favorite peripherals ever. Probably, like the Advantage was awesome. Like, well, there was the Advantage, and then there was the uh, the Max. I didn't understand the Max. The Max is a stupid little slide pad thing, right? For ice hockey, basically. No, no, no. I, I thought the Max. There was like the 360 control one, which was like the touchpad, and then there was um. The Max. I don't. Was the Max a slide slide pad? I don't the think Max it was. Had, it was red. It had like that this red circle pad. It was kind of a slide exactly pad. It, it was it was kind of a poor version of an analog uh, pad. It was it, it was weird. I yeah, didn't like the Max it, it wasn't that, much. that great. The Advantage was awesome though. It was great. It I was give it that. It had the slow motion. I still have it somewhere. Function, which was great. <laughs> the slow motion just hitting pause all over. <laughs> it just yeah. hit pause over and over again. Yeah, and, super um, weak. You could, you do, could you could Mega do Man with turbo it. buttons, you know, turbo A and turbo B button. Which it was, was like a little tiny arcade stick, basically. It was heavy too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was kind of heavy. It's pretty well built. It plugged into both slots. Both slots for some reason. Yeah, and then you could pick player one or player two. Well, yeah, it's good. so you could hand it off to a friend, I guess. You know, you could back it back in those days. That was when you know you would you would do you would alternating you would you would play two player games that have you alternate you know you trade the controller yeah. off so that's I, I hate guess what games. it was designed to hate those games yeah that was pretty bad but like whatever. like the original Super Mario Brothers for example yes I mean, you, and that you, was like, the worst no one did that shit <laughs> does anybody remember if <laughs> Mario did. Brothers just playing Mario Brothers when it came to the NES was that two players simultaneous or did you have to alternate in that too. 
It should have been. I think it was two player. Yeah, because that's how it was in the arcade. It was on a Atari in the arcade, but that doesn't necessarily. I mean, mean. I was gonna say, I know the yeah, NES isn't exactly like perfect arcade replica machine, but right? still. fucking Donkey Kong is missing a level, one of four. That's the compromise I had to be made. Yeah, but on the to other hand, think this about beast down to the think NES. about Contra, the arcade Contra versus the NES Contra. I want NES Contra every oh day. Of every day, the NES Contra destroys the arcade Contra in every possible category. There's no comp- there's there's no comparison. Yeah, you know, I used to I used to think it was the opposite. I used to think the arcade version was better, but then I you know I actually played the. Then you played them. I played, okay. I played the arcade version That's on right. what on like Xbox Live Arcade, I think. Me and, and realized just that. how terrible it is. Oh, I mean, I prefer it's the arcade version. It's not the worst game ever made. Well, it's just really slow. Really is, like, yeah, they did a very good job bringing it over. It's very differently paced. I think that's a definitive contrast in Nintendo Contra. You really just don't think about the other versions, honestly. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. No. Agreed. <laughs> but yeah, back to peripherals. Did anyone have have the U Force, by the way? <laughs> no, no, I think I just no. I saw all the the um, advertising for it. Did. And, like, I mean, it was that's... the main advertising for U Force, like uh, again, Rad Racer, well, and also describe maybe the U Force because I don't think a lot of people know what 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 that wonder of technology was. It's it's like a suitcase. That you open up, or or like a giant, or like a giant half of a battleship game. Yeah, let's say. That's, so you that sounds good. This, that sounds good. Yeah. So you would open this up, and it would it would create, I don't know, like a, a little space where you could kind of wave your hands around and be picked and up like by a different theremin. sensors. I think yeah. it used like infrared. I think there was a period of time in the eighties when there were just tons of different toys that used infrared beams. Yeah, that's right. Ways. That's when Nintendo came up with the idea <laughs> for the Wii. That's when they developed Wii technology, actually, right at right around that time. And then they kept it in a vault until now. Secret. They're until... like people love the '80s. Let's bring it back. What was that cartoon that would beam and it would beam things into your toys? It was Captain Captain Some... Power. Captain Power, and it would control. Oh, it would yeah. interact with the toys you had. I wonder yeah, if that just came out that. on DVD, if I, I remember had correctly. Captain Power. Yeah, I wonder absolutely. if that's the, it's going to be something in the Wii U where like Nintendo can control things in your house from the game and just well, you have Skylanders now. If you guys have have seen that, Skylanders is a new toy slash video game phenomenon. Kind of like a Pokemon type of thing where and you, on yeah, that thing is can... really not stopping either. Because I, I was looking around, not at it, but you see all these shelves with none of them on the shelf. Yeah, it's it's pretty big. It's Spyro slash Skylanders. So okay, he's, he's in he's in the. The little uh, pantheon of monsters. There. So with U Force, you would just kind of wave your hand around and, and con- ostensibly control, the quote unquote, control <laughs> something on the, the screen. On screen, yeah. You it know was, what that reminds it me was of? Stupid. The, the U Force was throwing me off because I was confusing it with the Sega Activator. <laughs> no, the Activator was like an octagon that you would put on your on your floor, and, and, and you, you would, would stand you in would the middle. Kick of over it. pets and, would, and vases yeah. and shit like that. That, that was the only thing that like I remember. Fighting games. The, yeah, yeah. I thought when I first heard uh, about it, I thought, "Oh my god, you can like do a dragon punch motion with your body, and it'll do a dragon." <laughs> but no, you had to. Uh, I guess it would shoot up light beams uh, from around the yeah, octagon and then breaking perimeter. The beams would cause something to happen. Yeah, and if right. you wanted to press B, you had to use your. You had to break the light at a certain height. So I guess. Kind of like Samba de Amiga later, where it would read where where you were breaking the light beam in relation it's to worse. Basically, back in the in the early eight, in the in the eighties, everybody figured out how bad motion gaming was, except for a few <laughs> key people <laughs> that went on to make consoles in in the twenty tens. Everybody forgot this by now. Let's, let's bring it back. 
when he was six. When did the Wii come out? 2006? 2006 right? or five. Yeah. Jesus. And then the Connect. 2000 and late. Can you think of any early games from, you know, what I consider to be like the golden age of oddball peripherals, like the NES era? Uh, or, or any other period that any, like, game that was just defined by its peripheral. Samba de Amigo. Yes. That's a good example. That's a good example. From any well, Dreamcast any, was like any the era, silver age of peripherals. Dreamcast brought it back big, but uh, he, he, he was talking about NES. Just NES. I really can't think of a single damn game except for Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt is probably, like, the game. I think, yeah, I think, um, I think Duck Hunt's a pretty good choice. I think that's because it came back then, and everybody Duck played. Duck Hunt's the only choice. Everyone, yeah. Do you remember right now? Right now, Duck Hunt music. Was good do you remember too, the but... Duck Hunt music? Because everybody does. It was so sure. Good. Yeah, I've got that Ducktales to the Moon music in my head. I no video game music can replace it for at I least till next you, week. You didn't even listen to it till like a week ago. So screw you, Nick. Yeah, you guys. Were, you guys were right about the uh, <laughs> to the it's moon. Too catchy. Oh my god. But what's 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 Duck Hunt? I had it in my head, but now it's it's changed into something else. It's, it's changed into a sight bike. It's all like and I can't get it back. Boom, boom. And then it would be going on to it. Yeah. Speaking of excite bike, there was a little um, there was a little port on the bottom of the NES. Oh yeah, that, lots of rumors about that. Yeah, thing. I supposedly, I think something came out for that port in Japan. I've all, in Japan Real they had dolls. like modems and stuff that would go with it. I think it was intended it was to connect Famicom to the, disc system. the yeah the disc system. Oh, the, the disc, disc peripheral is what it was for, which was used for games like Excitebike and Zelda and and, such. Uh, Mo- and Mock Rider also. I think Look, was nobody one played Mock Rider. Nobody had Mock Rider. That's true. I, I had Mock Rider. I played it. I don't no, you believe didn't. you. Yes, I did. Oh, and Wrecking, you you Wrecking Crew also. It wasn't actually Mock Rider. It was Excite Bike, and someone wrote in marker over it and just said Mock Rider on it. Yeah, describe it to us. Well, there's like five or six motorcycles, and if you hit B, you go faster, but you overheat. I hated that green dude. I don't know why, but I focused on the green dude, and he was out. He had it out for me. That's all I knew. So we had too many peripherals at some point, which is why they didn't even take advantage of that port. Or At some point, we got too many peripherals and then the, the, the whole market crashed and then we came back with what which is it's kind of a shame because <laughs> well, they could have like made one game and used all of them at the same well, time he means a peripheral market i mean it really oh. it is the, the, the main problem is, is as we mentioned uh just it splits a market nobody's willing to take a risk for it except for the person that initially made that peripheral and and then it kind of dies. It withers away as, and dies a slow, painful death. I think also, I think also as, as Chris said, I think um, I think with like the Super NES and Genesis generation on, people started to actually focus on the quality of the games, so they they, they got less obsessed. With well, the the Super Nintendo that I bought um, was bundled with the Super Scope Six, and what? I bought it. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, I didn't yeah, yeah. Even know that and happened. listen, that listen. It came been, with yeah, um, a later a later release, I think, because for a yeah, while no, I didn't have Super Nintendo when it first came out. Oh my um, lord! But I got it on clearance because it was with the Super Scope, and it came with what BattleTech? What? No, Battle Clash. Battle Clash. It was Battle Clash and the uh, Super an Scope game. game. By the way, but the problem was that's the only games I had for it, so it was such a pain in the ass holding that bazooka every time I wanted to play Super Nintendo. And you know, when you first buy something. That's what you want to do is play the shit out of it. Well, there was also Metal Combat, which was Battle Clash 2. Which was awesome. Was, which was awesome still. Yeah, awesomer still somehow. 
and then there was um oh Yoshi's Yoshi Safari or Yoshi's that was miserable um, though that was made by some horrible person that didn't right, understand but I'm saying it was, it was a really Super Scope bad. game yeah it was it's surprising it was a Nintendo property with Nintendo characters yet it was still a very bad game that doesn't really happen very often well yes no. it did and you know what happened all the time Super Nintendo days you had like Mario like Mario is in time lost in time or what was the name oh, of that oh yeah 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 Mario is missing yeah, Mario is missing. You had another one about time as well. You had like a lot of really shitty Nintendo games being made by other people. I didn't understand that, but was you know. was there anyone here who played Dance Dance Revolution at all? Like, yes, yes, um, give it yes, your best. Hello? Me, what I are sort you, of, a monkey. I sort of went through a brief period where I I did get like a little bit into it, like just like a little bit, like. Like around you, 2000, you sound like you're 2000. so <laughs> apprehensive about this. Like, if you admit it, we're all going to think less of you. I, I don't want to come right out and admit it, because it does seem kind of embarrassing to be in it. Do you have any footage of it we can put up on the uh, on the no. website of uh, you playing I even had a I even had a party in law school where I, where I, like, I brought it out. I had people uh, get, on the, get on the dance uh, pads. And is people... that when you were in college and you were trying to not play video games to be cool? Is that when you were playing dance? No, no, this was not when I was in law school and I gave that up. Okay, that's later. So, right. yeah, I, I cool. sort of rediscovered video you games. You gave that up big time. time if you were playing yeah. Dance Dance Revolution. No, I, I, when, <laughs> I fell, just went out the window when I fell, point. I fell hard. Okay. But, yeah. But, no, I, I, played, I played Dance Dance Revolution with Slip in California. I am all about Dance Dance Revolution. It was yeah. amazing. It was so good. I stopped. I stopped playing, obviously, and uh, over the years, I, I've gained a lot of weight, and I've gotten older, and trying to go back, it's I can barely even do a song without dying, almost. Like, my heart is racing, <laughs> want, I'm out of breath. I want a video like, of this. <laughs> I can't even do, like, uh, any... I used to do... I, I have memories, and my, my body knows what to do, so it tries to keep up, and then I notice that my legs are no longer moving, <laughs> and it's like, okay, I'm done with <laughs> then this. Then you fall over. Yeah, then I go back in my wheelchair. First, Dance Dance Revolution sort of started the whole like uh, rhythm game sub genre that sort of eventually developed into like uh, into the guitar how do we hero jump games. To, why are we talking about this? You just jump like I don't know how far it's an, into the future. It's a natural progression. Well, that, that was what like PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, that was like PlayStation days. Well, I, I do know, I do want to bring up a, a point that I've been thinking about lately, which is um. Somebody mentioned, uh, Chuck's mentioned the Super Scope 6. Did you guys ever have that? Or was Chuck's the only one, aside from me? I, I, I didn't someone have it. who had one. All right, because the Super Scope was, it was already a piece of shit. Because it was, first of all, it was a bazooka that you put on, as a shoulder-mounted bazooka instead of being a gun. Which kind of made no sense to me. But whatever. It was pretty fucking big. I got it for uh, Christmas I mean, anyway. Yeah. But then I mean, becomes really it. small as you get older. Like it no longer fits in your hand or like on your shoulder. It used to be, yeah, you have to think back as a kid, this thing was unwieldy, and um, you needed to, to plug a sensor in to controller port 2 of your Super Nintendo, and then you had to snake the sensor above your television, and it actually had like a, an infrared receiver that you had to calibrate, and then it would be used to place a cursor on your screen. Uh, stop me when this sounds familiar, by the way. <laughs> I was, I was going to say... Yeah. How's, how's that Wii going for you? So you basically take a giant Super Scope 6, you shrink it down because of today's technology, and, and you take away four batteries, bring it down to just two batteries, and you add one more infrared sensor. So now you have two infrared sensors on a slightly wider bar, and that's the Wii. 
I mean, that's it. This this thing could do everything that we could do except for the gyro scoping crap, which nobody cares about. And that this is this is where Nintendo went back to get the technology. It was this year, 1992 or whatever, 1994. This is exactly what they did for the Wii. It's kind of you just wanted wanted to revisit that high level, that high water level of technology, I guess, to to bring back their suggest their success from that period of time. We haven't talked at all about N64 peripherals. Does anyone want to get into that? I don't. I don't think I had an N64 peripheral. The Rumble Pack, when that first came out, and it actually proved to be useful. That was a pretty big deal. I mean, um, it was really Nintendo that sort of introduced that whole idea of like uh, a vibrating controller, right? Well, I mean, it didn't last for me because uh, it had the the kiss of death of peripherals, which which a Circle Pad Pro now shares, which is that it requires a triple A battery. <laughs> and really who has triple A batteries? Like you would have to be like, I need to buy a battery specifically for my rumble pack for that to be useful. And when you were a kid, you didn't really, you just kind of borrowed your parents. It's kind batteries. of a tangent, but yeah, I mean having to buy batteries from stuff for stuff is pretty stupid. But I, I just recently got into using Apple products recently and I, was surprised to discover that like the the wireless so keyboards huh? for the Apple. I know you're I, on the I, cusp. I totally <laughs> you're right on the <laughs> yeah, but like fingers the, right on the like pulse the, of the touchpad society. for the computer and and the the wireless keypad. They all require AA batteries, like which is the strangest thing to me. Like it, I would have assumed that Apple would have come up with some kind of charging ability, you know, some sort of natural or their own proprietary char- yeah. batteries that they sell for some ridiculous <laughs> amount of money. You know what? But we you're, love you're Apple. Lucky. You're lucky it's not AAA. <laughs> You know, well, that's it's better than AAA, and it's better than like a CR twenty thirty two or whatever. So, well, yeah, it's better than in watch my eyes. That's better. having to go to having to go to the uh, the jeweler in order to replace your batteries. Yeah, but well, the rumble jumping pack, around like crazy. Oh, I'm sorry. What was that? The rumble ru- the rumble pack I thought was just going to be a, another gimmick that died, like the the power glove and Rob the robot and all the ones we've been talking about. But I mean, this is something that's that's. Stayed. It's it's built into current controllers now, uh, like a but bog remember, standard it, 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 feature. Yeah. Yeah, there was some Zelda. I forget which Zelda game. I guess the I guess it was Ocarina where it would rumble when you got yeah. near a, a, a stone of agony or something. Right. Yeah, so it it actually was incorporated in the gameplay, but it didn't divide the market because you did, would, wouldn't really miss it if you didn't have it. I mean, but kids will brag about the the stupidest things like, oh, my controller rumbles or like I, I don't go out of my way to turn it off in games, but if it's not there, I don't care. Like or even notice to be honest, like 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 on the Wii, I use the Wii controller, not the Wii controller, but I use the uh, what do you call this damn thing? The, the one Wiimote? that's a real controller that plugs into it. The classic into- controller. Oh, classic. Yeah, I use a classic controller, or or the one that the, the 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 pro one with the handles and stuff, which is better. oh yeah, you use and the, the one that buttons. actually like works. The first time I noticed vibrating uh, controller was in, when I played uh, Metal Gear Solid with the the Dual Shock. Yes, um, that was that the, was probably yes. the first the where good you, use of it. Where you use the uh, probably still the second best. It's where you use the uh, the the sniper rifle, isn't that where you, you can you can feel snakes heart beating? Am I remembering yeah. that right? Yeah, you had to line it up. I mean, they they used it for fucking everything in that game. It was great, like heartbeats of the other characters. Psychomantis would move your controller across the floor. With his mind. Right. When the, oh, yeah. That was a great use. Like, the helicopter would get close. I mean, the, it was for everything in that game, and it was so good. That was what completely sold me on Rumble forever. I mean, I liked it in Star Fox 64. Yeah. It's it's just funny that I don't I don't remember. I, 
maybe I'm just so used to vibrating controllers that I, I don't notice it anymore. I don't notice when games use it well. Now, I, I've noticed a weakness of this show, at least for me, is that I never really research anything going in. But no. was there was there rumble really in, the PC, in PC peripheral or PC controllers um, before rumble came to the consoles? Or did, I mean, no, did, hmm. not really. That's a good no. question. I mean, uh, I, I know there were incursions into it uh, with uh, like rumbling. Uh, what do you call those things? I, I choice, lose words sometimes. Like flight sticks. So or... Yeah, flight sticks that would rumble and mice that would rumble. But I don't think that ever caught on because it's stupid. So I just want to know if did Nintendo innovate this rumble feature? Or even then, like, what are you going to do? You're going to have like a rumbling mouse that well, you moves know around while you try it, to shoot like something. Force feedback joysticks are actually a good idea, or the ones that actually right. offer resistance when you're trying to pull, you know, tight turns mm-hmm. and stuff, or that would shake. The ones for joysticks are the racing wheels. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, the, prob- right. the problem with this PC gaming is there there. Once in a while, there'd be a, a game that supported it and would support some particular controller that used it, but it would never catch on in such a way that it would become a standard feature in a PC in the PC market. So it's like every yeah, it's like every it was peripheral. it was Nintendo that sort of you know got it into the you know, so made a, so made far it a um, just the the digital cross pad and the rumble effects are. The only the things that have sticks. really stuck around from the anything we've been talking about so far. But we haven't talked about analog sticks yet, have we? No. But of the things we talked about, when joysticks became replaced by D-pads... Cross, yeah, the D-pad. Which, yeah, and then the yeah. rumble. That, those things stuck around. But everything else... Well, we've seen the early beginnings of motion controls. So I guess, in a crude way, things like the U-Force and... And then we all see the, saw the Maybe the activator st- will come into its own one day, Saw too. the analog sticks added by the N64, and then that was sort of developed by the DualShock controller, further developed by the DualShock controller, and then it sort of... Analog control was something that was pushed as the next big thing, and at first, I just didn't get it. And it's like, who cares? You know, the D-pad's good enough for me. You know, <laughs> if you want Mario to run, it's you not... hold on a button, and he runs. He goes faster. Yeah, I think, um, um, for me, I... I I think I talked about this on a previous yeah, if podcast. If you play through but... the S game, you still have to push down the fucking button for no <laughs> yeah. reason. But, anyway. like, Ape Escape was the game that really uh, sold me on dual-stick analog controllers. That was a game that was that was built for it. And right. um, it, it, this was around the time when the DualShock was not yet a standard um, Sony PlayStation controller. It was kind of like the... It was kind of the advanced controller you could buy. Like, when you bought a... I think around that time when you bought a PlayStation, you didn't get you didn't get the DualShock controller with that. You just got the the standard. No, yeah, I still have the standard somewhere in the closet. The standard the standard digital, which is a really crappy controller compared to the DualShock now. But um, yeah, that game just used it in so many creative ways. Just like like every like weapon pull out, had a different yeah. use for the the right stick. It worked just, really well. Like you, like you hop in a canoe, you use them to row the <laughs> to row you know row the canoe, and then um, mm-hmm. you could use it to control the little. Uh, the RC car was the best. Remember the RC because you could control your character and the RC car at the same time. Yes, so that was really cool. Yeah, that was a really brilliant idea. That was a good game. Yeah, it was great. It kind of felt like the whole game was a showcase for the controller. I'm sure that was the Absolutely. case. Absolutely. I mean, it was it was great beyond that. I think uh, it was very creative. But I think the sequels really never actually equaled the quality of no, the original for me. Not quite. Not no. quite. Yeah. Not really. And then the next uh, 
big innovation that I was kind of skeptical about was the the wireless controllers, uh, like the WaveBird and. And oh, the WaveBird is and good, though. The WaveBird is good. To this day, good. I don't know that I prefer wireless controllers. I use them on my what? PS3. I well, do. Nick. I find myself using the wired 360 controller, even though I have about four wireless 360 controllers, just because I really don't want to deal with the batteries at well, any point. What I have is I have like a I have a wireless charging tree that I got from like um, I think Best Buy one day, where you can just plug in you can plug in all four of them. And then um, just sort of leave them there. And they'll just charge. You pull them off whenever you want to use one. And it works really well. But I Eric, our Earth is dying, it. man. And wouldn't you rather yeah, just it's use probably not the wired controller that doesn't take extra energy from your from your house and instead of just plugging in all these trees, man? Think about the real trees. It's just so convenient. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I oh. just have the uh, I case. have that thing for the 360 where you know you pl- the plug and charge play and charge. Yeah, the, kit, the play and charge kit. Yeah. So sometimes it's wired, usually it's not. That works pretty well. The PS3 one just doesn't even have the battery option, which I think is good because fuck it. And uh, the only the only negative is that that wire is ridiculously short. Do you guys have like a different mini USB wire? That no, you I have a that? whole Cause... chair that I pull to the front of the TV when I need to. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, when because, I need no, to play with a controller Dude, plugged I in, it. I get a special chair. I have a wheelie chair. I do the same thing because that cable is ridiculously short. It's way too small. And I don't think does it charge when it's not on? No, and I don't play? think so. No, because it I don't doesn't. think it does. And that's that's also a ridiculous thing that shouldn't happen. I think if I'm not mistaken that the at least the old Xbox three sixty would keep some part of it on if you had something plugged into charge. No, it, it'll still do it. It still like, does that? Yeah, I have. Yeah, but the I PS3 the... does, and it, as far as I know, it just turns off completely. Yeah, so it just tur- I think it just turns off. You do want to get a chair or some get a second controller <laughs> that you can use while you're <laughs> that's, charging that's that the, first. That's one. a peripheral. The chair is a PS3 peripheral. Well, a chair is cheaper than getting a, another uh, PS3 controller. It really is. Well, you could just get a longer mini USB cable, because I don't think that's like a Sony standard. I think it's just a universal yeah. mini USB Yeah, cable. no, it's, chair it's just is mini also USB. cheaper than that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> No, but yeah. So so uh, light guns were pretty big for a small amount. Like the the Menacer and the Super Scope Six. Just to jump around to a random fucking topic that I decided sure, to. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, the Super Scope Six and the Menacer were too big and stupid to ever be used by people. But um, later on, like around Dreamcast time, and uh, even PlayStation One had the uh, the Namco guns, right? And those yeah, the, really the Guncon. Well. The gun, the gun con? con worked yeah, really well. Absolutely. That, that plugged into like the AV jack. Uh, it, it had like a pass through. Yep. And those worked remarkably well. Uh, the the Dreamcast ones not so much. They needed calibration. It was very annoying. I didn't really like to do it, but the, it worked well enough. The gun for... con, yeah, was definitely great. I remember uh, Elemental Gearbolt was definitely the best. Uh, oh, game Project Torndale. Yeah. Um, that I remember playing on the PlayStation. Um, I never played that. I wanted to, but I think it's kind of expensive these days. Speaking of big controllers, does anybody know where I'm going with this? My huge, um, huge um, terribly, obscenely large controllers. The control mechs? Maybe. maybe. Unit, and and only mechs? I'm, I'm thinking of a large, uh, con- a large gaming system made by Microsoft and a large controller that was made that to was, sell people on that. System. Yeah, that was a big system, man. I, I went home for Christmas and I found it in the closet. And I always think about bringing it back with me, but then it's like, you know what? This is the size of my suitcase. This would <laughs> this would take up the suitcase I brought with me. Well, of course, when Capcom it's... was trying to come up with a game to really sell this new um, 
this new console. This new huge, large system in Japan while they're worrying about space in their living rooms. Yeah, what did they think of? They thought of uh, a game called Steel Battalion. You need like a like a card table, and you need like a chair. yeah, a coffee table, it's, something. You, yeah, you need something. Nothing was elaborate. Who here has owned and who here has played Steel Battalion with the controller? I've, I've only mine dreamed of is it. still set up. Nice. Oh. Mine is at home. Parse- Again, I have no way of bringing it over. I, I don't want to pay for the shipping, and I, well, I then I would have to bring over the Xbox, and that thing is so that's like two thousand dollars worth of shipping right there. So I think I you might be exaggerating a little bit. Like they used, um, they used Allen wrenches for like those little screws that they put in underneath them. Mm-hmm. But I think I put one of them in like a little bit off, so it always feels like I'm gonna break the controller if I take it apart. So instead, it just goes with me from house to house, completely assembled. I love it. <laughs> it's currently sitting on the top of the the book um the bookshelves next to me. What kind of dimensions are we talking about, Chris? How how big is the Steel Battalion controller? And, and kind of describe it for people who haven't it seen is, it. Oh Christ! It's it's wider than me. Um, not that I'm like immensely fat, but it's just it's enormous. Um, it's like these three huge sections. Each one is bigger than the Wii. Um, there's two enormous joysticks on it and a million buttons on them, and it's great because the first time you power this thing on, yes, I was going to say the, the startup the sequence game, makes it it makes it yes, worthwhile, and it rolls through all the buttons. You're immediately just like. Yeah, like this is the, what the I lights paid come for. on in order from button mm-hmm. to button. That's it's nice. That's the best part. And of course, there's like ways around the um, certain aspects, but you always have to do things like there's there's an emergency um, escape or emergency eject button on it. And even though it has a hatch that you can leave open, you've got to leave it down because <laughs> it's that thing of like when you're about to die, if you don't eject, the game erases your yeah, save. It erases yeah, it erases your save. You're dead. Time for a so, new game. It's fucking it hardcore just, mode. That's pretty. That's I know. Pretty it totally nuts. adds to the experience really to have to actually reach over and flip the hatch up to mash on that mm-hmm. eject button and be like, "Get me the fuck out." There's also three pedals that you're. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think we're forgetting the pedals. By the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no other game I, makes you appreciate life more than Steel <laughs> Battalion. <laughs> I guess that's what which you're is trying why to I say. Cannot, Oh, I cannot understand the sequel, which I'm sure we'll talk about soon. But well, this nevertheless, Sea Battalion, I would run at the enemy. They would start shooting me. I would turn too sharply and fall over on my side, and then I would <laughs> yes. eject into a mountain. That is how I play Steel Battalion. <laughs> that's like the entirety of my game, <laughs> and that's just the training mission. <laughs> that sounds pretty great, actually. Was the game worth it, or because this was like a two hundred dollar? controller right i still see the game on sale used every once in a while and i think about buying it but then i always think better of it if you like mech sims it's awesome yeah like yeah i mean i definitely like yeah i I talked about on on an earlier podcast how i always secretly well not so secretly wanted to go to the battle tech centers in chicago or whatever to to control and take a dump that, in a pod. yeah, to control my own and battle mech. This would have given me the yeah, the me opportunity to do that. <laughs> I mean, it like if you're the sort of person, if you either enjoy games that are you know kind of hardcore just for the sake of them being hardcore, or we're one of the people who went like, what the fuck is this shit? When the Mech Warrior series started going more arcadey, yeah, then like Steel Assault. Battalion is the game for you. Even I think before Mech Assault, I think it was. 
it was Mech Warrior Three, I think, was where they started ditching like some of the location damage and started making like they changed the weapons and it was a little bit more like, yeah, you can just blow shit up. Yeah, um, I mean, eventually, what happened with that company is it, the company Faza was bought out by Microsoft, so they just sort of, you know, took <laughs> and then Microsoft took eventually the, realized what a terrible decision that was. Yeah, they took the robot, they took the robot bits and said, hey, we can make a simple robot game out of this. So and they made Mech Assault out of that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's nowhere near as complicated as like like a like an actual PC simulator, like a flight simulator or something. Uh, but no, it is no, no. it is above and beyond what you would expect from a console release, and it doesn't pull any punches. And as such, and had the a very small it. audience. Yeah, you the control. You there's no way to even think about playing this game without the controller. It's it's a or it's a package. on anything else. Like even if you played on anything else, you'd be like, yeah, this is a pretty cool game. But you're just you're missing the complete fucking experience of trying to hit that boost pedal. Is it actually possible to play it with a regular controller? I don't no. believe it was. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure be. someone can rig up an emulator and simulate the experience, but it would just be like, like, n- why are you even bothering? Just stop. Yeah, just I mean, stop you now. had these big crazy light up plastic buttons that did, and they all did something. I, I don't remember one of them. what they did, but they all did. One something. of them is windshield wipers. Yep. Yep. Because <laughs> you would get dirt on the windshield, and it would be like, I can't see what off. I'm doing, and you've got to hit your happen. windshield wiper button. Yeah. So uh, apparently, they're planning like a Connect sequel, right? Yes. And that's, like uh, I think it works with a regular controller, but you can also I use know. the Connect. That, it seems like that might work. Just to use the I'm Connect sure it'll to push work, buttons. But yeah, after playing the original, know, it's just like we know how fucking like... accurate the Connect is when it comes to to judging where your hands are. I mean, you, you can't make a fake controller that you that you use with Connect. It's not that accurate. There's no way that you're going to be able to do that in to any acceptable fair, form. It is a slow moving tank. It's it not is a like very it slow needs. Tank precise control it's not like you're sitting there being like oh man this game of space harrier is really fucking difficult it's like all right i need to move like four arm sweeps to the right or something else absolutely ridiculous i'm pulling my controller down because i'm trying to figure out what is even on this thing i've forgotten okay let's take a look here we have extinguisher um magazine change fire sometimes you catch on fire yeah take us through uh take us through a startup (laughs) Chris, okay. If you, if you can. <laughs> okay. Over on the left, I remember you had to flip all of these switches during the startup sequence. This is the only time you use these switches, just during the startup. You've got um, buffer material, fuel flow rate, oxygen supply system, uh, filt control system, VT location measurement. These things don't even mean a goddamn thing. They don't do thing, shit. But they're there. You, you had to flick them to start the game, but they don't do shit. Right. Um, you've got buttons for being able to zoom your monitor in and out, to zoom your map in and out, your sub-monitor, um, your cockpit hatch. Yeah, that's right. You, you've got these three buttons off on the right. One is your cockpit hatch. It just closes your cockpit at the start. And then the ignition, the ignition and start, right? Yeah. Right, and then start. So it's there's another like bunch of buttons. Again, totally useless because you only use them once, but fucking experience. It helps. Goddamn. It helps, yeah. yeah. F- fuck yeah, Sea King. It helps the immersion. You've got Five buttons and a huge tuner dial for all your communications. Um, night scope, override, tank detach. God. Oh, yes. So much. I, I like the separate button for the magazine change, being able to hit this thing. You've got a button for chaff. It's like it sits on the top of my bookcase so no one notices. It's been like it's been like ten years. At least. <laughs> now, can you use the controller to play just your normal run-of-the-mill games? Nope. Or? No. no, no, there's no way. <laughs> he uses he uses it for Guitar Hero. 
<laughs> God, I fucking wish. And that's that's actually kind of the shittiest part is that because it was for the 360, or I'm sorry, not for the 360, for the normal Xbox, even though it's technically a USB cable, you would have to cut the cord and mod it to make it a normal USB cable. So people can't even make em don't or at least they haven't made emulator shit on the PC for it. So you can't even like bust out this controller and use it for something like a Mech Warrior game or anything else, which would be amazing. Or even if they had actually included that support, if it had been a normal USB cable, they might have even been able to provide support for the sequel on the 360 or on a PS3 or something. So it kind of sucks that it uses that very specific controller port. So, it, you know, it's nice that things have moved to a normal USB thing these days. But still, it's like, I wish I could bust that out for reals again on something else and just go to town. Again, I mean, I, I would do it if the original three, if the original Xbox wasn't such a hulking monster of a console. I, <laughs> you can, you can so kill a person with it. It's so hard to describe how big it is. Like, I have a PS3, and the PS3 is very large and hideous, but the 360 is... The original Xbox, sorry, is even bigger and even I worse. I don't think so. I have, I have both of them hooked up. And I have, I have the, the redesign old... of the PS3. Yeah, so I've, I've got the I've got the Foreman grill. The Foreman, it is. That I don't. Why would? Yeah, that's what so I have to. All right, it's, here we go. It's so ugly. I I just looked these up. We've got. I I know people have have actually done this before. Um, but we've got like a big picture of all the comparison sizes. And an Xbox and a PS3 are honestly pretty comparable. I mean, the original X. I think part of the problem is because. The original Xbox bulges up and out in every way, whereas the 360 bends inward, so it it makes it like really come across as being a lot bigger. But like a PS3 is is wider, like it's 27.4 centimeters, and the original Xbox is 26.5, and the width of it, it's a PS3 is 32.5, and the original Xbox is like 32. Point something it looks like so they're they're actually almost the exact same size, but I I, I, you know, I, I think of it as being prohibitively large. I just yeah. can't justify that. And, the and PS3 almost every game I play is a lot nicer anyway on the mm. 360. So. Still, there's a couple games every once in a while that I get the urge to to put in there that are only playable on the Xbox. Like uh, like what? Like Gun Valkyrie. Every once in a while, I get the urge to play that. Yes, you know what? Fuck no. you. That was an amazing game. I was hoping you wouldn't come up with a good game for this, but you did right off the bat. I'm I'm trying to do my best not to even think about bringing my Xbox over, and you had to mention Gun Valkyrie, which I haven't played in so long because I can't. Unfortunately, I can't there's play it. there's not a lot of good copies of it available. I, the co- the copy that I have, well, the copy that I have isn't it isn't good anymore. It, like it doesn't either the Xbox has gone bad that I have, or the copy is somehow not readable. But I I just chances can't. are probably the Xbox. Yeah, I think it's the Xbox. I would assume. That is actually the one thing that screws with me about Steel Battalion. The last time I tried to hook it up, the pedals weren't working. So not only no! do I have this enormous fucking controller set up all of the time, and I could hook up an Xbox if I wanted to, I still would not be able to play it because I couldn't get the the pedals to respond. That's sad. I need to give another shot one day, but it's just like, it, this is now doubly useless. Not only do I have the largest controller known to man, but can't play it. That's sad. You should find someone to fix it. Make Goron fix it for you. Okay, from from immense controllers made for one game, let's go to tiny controllers made for one game. Has anybody had any fishing controller? No, go around with the trans vibrator. I'm interested in this. Yes, 
Yes, I own I two of them. That. This tell me about it. That was made for one. Res, right? Which tran- is a... I have a trans vibrator. I do. And and Space Channel Five. And Space Channel Five. Space Channel Five Part Two. Yes. Yes. Which they did add in support because I I originally bought one. Like I've got that limited edition box, which I think probably everyone who has one. I have has. the Res. Yeah, too, I, right? have I, have the, I have it. I have it. Yeah, right. I have the orange box thing. Right. And mm-hmm. um... but then the other thing was I lost it, and then bought one off of I think Nomi on the boards. Because she mm. was just looking to get rid of one. It's like, I haven't been able to find mine in forever. So I bought one from her and then found my original. And so nice. then, of course, I had to hook both of them up at once and place them on my chest. So now you have one and for each hole. Wait, what? I wish, right? <laughs> that doesn't... I mean, it's great because anyway. you put it on your chest and you play res and it feels like your chest is caving in and it's so yeah, but you good. Need, you need like either a shirt with a pocket in it and I'm too much of a slob to have one or you have to like duct tape the shirt right, to your back chest. Up. Describe, uh, one of you, Eric, describe what this peripheral looks like. Well, it's just like, I mean, it's it looks like a small vibrator. It's, you know, it's it fits no, in the it palm doesn't. of your hand. It doesn't look like a vibrator well, yes, at all. Yes, it does at all. You have no idea well, okay. what it looks well, like. Well, not the fuck is your penis it's shaped a, It's like. a vibrator. Look, it's a vibrating peripheral. I mean, that's what it is. It's, yeah. It's a okay, it's but that's not what it looks like. Size. It, okay, it doesn't look like a typical, like, You know what it looks like? It looks like a shaver, effect. Nick. You know, like, like an electric razor, like a really yes. cheap electric exactly. razor, except without the razor. So it's just like a, a black plastic... A Dumb. really wide black yeah. plastic weird or thing that you could pretend phone. to shave with, and people would be like, "Are you shaving?" And you're like, "No, I'm not." This and it, and it beats along with the mu- It beats along with the music. The 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 mu- yes yeah. It vi- like it those. vibrates differently than your controller. I mean, it, it vibrates at different. I yeah. think it has like the main it, bass line and some other things. It doesn't go with like your shooting or anything. It goes with the music, right? And it'll get like yeah. more intense as you progress through the different stages of res <laughs> it punches you in the face I don't believe it's i don't believe it's compatible with the xbox live arcade release no it's no, not it's not it's no too but bad. for that one but you it... can hook up like three other controllers to your person yeah oh, that's yes. true vibrating yes. a different, a <laughs> different I've, rhythm. I've done this i i like start i, I need to do that attached uh, two other 360 controllers <laughs> and use those wow. we'll see how how would you attach a 360 controller to yourself tape Why, it oh, duct tape uh, yeah, I just kind of like slouch down and stick them on my pants and on my chest. He he lifts up his bosom and puts it in between his chest and his belly. It's in that little crevasse. Um, uh, but Jesus. I do think the trans vibrators work on the PS3 for Space Channel 5 Part 2, oh, if really? I remember correctly. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So I think you can use them for that. I I could be wrong, but I'm I'm pretty sure that they support that, or at least they were going to support it. It's been a while since I busted out my copy for the PS2. PS2. I'm sorry. And are those PS2. battery powered, or do they? Do no, they come through they, the. They part. They power the off the USB. Cool. As well as your love. <laughs> or hers. <laughs> but it's. I mean, you know what? Res. Uh, did you guys play Child of Eden? I'm. I, yes. tried it. I, I, I bought I never it tried when it, it was no. on sale, and I tried playing it, and I don't feel that, like, the original had, like, kind of simple graphics, but, I mean, everywhere you looked, everything that was happening went with the music, you know? Like, the entire experience was was so tight, and then I played Child of Eden, and it's like, there's music that's not quite as memorable as Res music already, so that's already kind of a negative for it, and then I'm watching, like, things that are a million different colors, and high res, and craziness, moving around and they don't go with the music like they don't flow as i don't know like it just didn't feel i don't think child of eden was a bad game i just think when you're living up to res you know it wasn't res at all it wasn't even the sequel to res it was just a game 
It was okay. It sounds like we all agree that Res is pretty much the greatest game ever. <laughs> it's so good. I mean, it's, it's simple and it's not really that hard, but it's when you take the whole thing into account, it's great. And you have and enough they, trans vibrators in your pants? Yeah. Oh. And, and you would think, and you look at it and you're like, you know, and you would think that it's a good game to play uh, stoned or otherwise incapacitated, and it's not. It's really not if you've ever tried it because the levels go on forever. And you start thinking, like, how long have I been playing this? Has it been days? And then you're just you're still in the first level, like shooting one or two things. So I remember trying that back when the game first came out. It did not enhance the experience in any way. Just for the record. Mm-hmm. Okay, so right. The police are on the way. <laughs> so, there are, so there are worthwhile peripherals. Um, it's, it's not all U-forces out there. There's some things that actually work well for what they're designed to do. Not that it does, I don't... but again, you are looking at like this was something that worked for one game. Yeah, two games. It worked for two games, and and that was it. Like, who else but, is going to support it? Like, but it 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 added to the experience of those games, and you didn't need those peripherals. Well, with Steel yes. Battalion, you pretty much did. I mean, I need it for Res. Well, I, Steel I don't Battalion, think I it comes with a game. You can't yeah, buy it without. True. I don't. I never tried it for Space Channel Five Part Two. I didn't need something else throbbing around while I was playing that game. <laughs> hey. So. What? What? No. Space Michael really uh, excited me. <laughs> it was Space Michael. <laughs> All right, and especially then, these days. And then finally, uh, nowadays we've got you know motion controllers, cameras, things looking at you, things recording you. Gotta you got to talk about you got to talk about the Dreamcast a little bit because the Dreamcast went out of control with peripherals. The Sega Bass fishing rod. Let's just talk about the let's talk about typing of the dead. Typing of the Dead. Typing of the Dead. With the, with the um, special keyboard, which was a regular keyboard that had the word Dreamcast, Dreamcast on it. Logo. And then uh, <laughs> like a plug. I think it was a only... sticker. I, I had like a I, sticker. I, I think I still have it. No, it was I, more I, than I a sticker. I still have that keyboard. I got that for free when I signed up to uh, the AT&T, uh, AT&T uh, Comcast S- Sega or whatever it was. S- or was it Comcast Sega meaning a generic term for the internet, I guess. I just used it as... But um yeah like when when I first got the Dreamcast I didn't World have Net, an World ISP Net. and uh, I decided to go with WorldNet mm-hmm. that was it it was WorldNet and I got a free keyboard out of it so bonus oh yeah, yeah. or how about the entire VMU itself there's another yes one. well the fact that you could use it outside of the Dreamcast that was you know that would made it better than anything else I mean other than you the could fact raise that you, your chow you could yeah. raise your chow on it. And you know what? I was so disappointed that no other version of Sonic Adventure ever uh, dared to take the Chao Adventure uh, a step further, especially on the GameCube version where you could you could import your Chao to your Game Boy Advance, and it's like surely this will be the greatest Chao Adventure of all time, and it wasn't. It was like Chao Garden, and it sucked. What was wrong with them? That was so stupid. Do you ever have those sleepless nights where you're tossing and turning and you're you're sweating and you get up suddenly and you run to the hallway and you fling open the door that has your VMU in there because you want to give air to your chows because you know they're still in there. <laughs> they're still alive. They're still alive. The best part was the little animations that would take place if you ever look down at your controller while you're playing a game, you know? Like Skies of Arcadia had your little mascot blob thing mm-hmm. on the controller. Oh yeah, actually, was I was going to transition so. into this because I was talking about the current gen. I was going to I was going to say things that um, might come make a comeback or we hope might make a comeback. And I was going to say um, game genie type things where you can hack the game because I think the, no, that would go never, that would go in big now that. with our you know make the game the way you want. But, but mentality things are too... and then the VMUs. 
Things are too complicated to use. Well, it's game not. Game it's not. Well, yeah, that. Days, but there's also achievements and trophies and achievements. And everything's right. online, and it, it, there's too much of a level playing field. I really like how there's not. A, at least to me, I've never encountered blatant cheating on Xbox. I know it happens, but I've never run into it. Halo Two. Yeah, <laughs> I remember the super jumps <laughs> that we used to do. Yeah, well, there was that, and then I, I also personally, I think, ran into the, um, the, what was it, the modem glitch, like, once or twice. Oh, push and standby. Those pricks, right? But that's that's not so much circumventing the console as much as it is taking control of, you know, your ISP. You're being a dick either mm-hmm. way, but, but... Still, it's like, when you've got everything online connected... It just fucking it's it's terrible, and being able to alter game code or just outright cheat like that, it's annoying. Like EA does that every once in a while when they release those, like you can you can spend like five or ten bucks to automatically unlock like all of the cars in a game or something like that, and it's just like like come the fuck on, like just let the person play the goddamn game and go. Yeah. You know this is kind of related, but not really. But I just noticed this here today. I, I was looking at my at my Xbox Live account, MZO, and uh, I, I checked I checked my reputation for some reason, and I have like a seventy something percent negative reputation. <laughs> it's and all street, all street like radar four. It's like eight percent shit talking, and then like like a giant percentage is unsportsmanlike. I, I have I have ninety two percent positive, and then eight percent of it was unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, it was it was, it was pretty but much just I, shit talking. All I have ever played online is on street the three sixty. Really, is Street Fighter. Yeah, well, Street Fighter kids get shitty when they lose. They must just yeah, they must just get very upset when they lose, and they must spam me with. But there's no they checks do. and they, balances. It's like Microsoft. I am an excellent it. co-op partner, Microsoft. I, I am an excellent player. I don't I don't shit talk. I don't use the mic because I don't want to talk to these horrible people I play with. And I, who are, who I've are never disconnected you. on purpose. I've never done anything on sportsmanlike. I, and these people do. I I do get yelled at a lot when I play Street Fighter because I'm not playing the way they want me to play, which is to not block and get hit all the time. I think. Mizzy, you're getting really worked up over this. I think like you feel that I was a you might. When I saw that. I, I want to know who these people are I, I feel and like what they had to say about me. You're not going to be able to get a better job because your references are going to be like, well, he should talk about 92 percent of the time on Xbox. So no, I, I don't talk on Xbox. That's a funny thing. I actually just don't talk to anybody on the 360. I wish you wouldn't so talk right that now. That counts as shit talk. I don't. I I don't. I don't cheat. And I don't. You're shit talking them right now. You know what I do is uh, whenever somebody drops, like whenever you're winning and somebody just leaves, I always write them back saying lol or something, you know? And then I give them negative rep, so that's, they might be reciprocating well, in kind. <laughs> Poor victim Mizzo. They might be <laughs> didn't reciprocating do anything to deserve kind. this negative reputation. That's not that's not bad. <laughs> Dude, I was beating you and you left. I, I'm Me? allowed an LOL. No, oh. not you in general. In general. Okay. Not you. I haven't played you. <laughs> I like how incredulous you were. Like, yeah, Nick I, would, can't I lose. would never do that. Like, Me? <laughs> Not I, sir. No, I would never do that. And I've got like almost spotless reputation. It's Not outraged. that I ever play online with anybody. Not well, see, anymore. I'm that's the ruin thing. It. I really don't. I, I've only ever played Street Fighter. I can't imagine a single other game I've played online where I could get reputation even. So you guys, you guys need to bump that shit up. You need to recommend me. All right, we'll just, give you some positive feedback. We don't, can you do that without playing with me? Uh, that's dis- that's unethical, sir. 
we won't have that on this podcast. Who knows? You might turn into a completely different person online when you're playing the. You have just earned negative podcast rep. I want to get to 100% negative rep now. Now I am going to shit talk. Now I'm going to become the monster they say I am. Just become a This is what happens in the movies. This is how it starts. On Xbox, like the rest of them. Dude, that's you. No, I stopped. Nobody, nobody talks shit more than Chuck. I'm sorry, and Come you probably on. have glowing reputation. I do because mine is funny. I'm like an artiste. People sit there and they're like, "Man, he just called me a bleep 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 bleep." But you know what? It was really wow, what funny. a genius! <laughs> All right, there, there's a lot we have not touched on, like expand and Sega Channel and Pro Action Replay and okay. well, other things. Girls. But I think we, we pretty much got the the main ones. I think we've got that, the big ones in. We got Steel Battalion. Yeah, literally the big ones, like Steel Battalion controller. We could spend some time on that. Did anyone else have Samba de Amigo? I, I did. did. I, I, did. Did. I did not. I mean, I heard great. I always heard great things on it about it on Tino, but it's I never amazing. had it. Amazing. As long it's as you ignore the, the horrible Wii port. Oh yeah, I was I was kind of excited. You know what? It would work with Wii Motion Plus. I think that's a sad thing. I think it would work with Wii Motion Plus, but without it, like the company that they hired to do it did such a poor job that it's it will never it would never be attempted again. It would work with Connect. It would work so well with Connect. It would be Are the perfect Connect game. You could I would do use it. actual you maracas. You could make a great Samba game, but some asshole jumped the fucking gun and did a horrible job on the Wii, and now everyone thinks it sucks. Are there new Are there new Ricky Martin songs that we can use for an updated version? Or there are so old two ones on that were never used. I'm sure there were. T- were there only two? I thought there were more. There was Cup, was of like Cup of Life and, uh, and uh, Living La Vida Loca. Living La Vida Loca was that on there? There was the Wedding March in Zamba 2000. That fit right in. That was perfect. I, have, we all I still know have all the downloadable well. stuff on a VMU because you will never be able to get it again. I had I, I had the import Samba 2000, which is like the same game with more music and some cool extra modes. And uh, oh, Supersonic Racing, I think, is one of the downloadable ones. Burning Rangers. Gotta get and, you yeah, there was a lot of uh, Sega games that they had in there. Because when you're Supersonic Racing... They, they no stick time. with the. I, I still know all of those songs. To look around. I don't know what they're saying because I think it's it's mostly in that bastard Spanish language. Was it Portuguese? The almost Spanish wow. language. And it's <laughs> Spanish light. <laughs> so I can kind of understand it a tiny bit, but not really. And I think most of the songs are in Portuguese, so I kind of make up words for for it myself. But I know how the songs go, and they're all very catchy tunes. I enjoyed playing all of them. And again, if anyone's listening and has the power to get in contact with someone that would somehow get this idea... You have at least four people make... who would buy it on Xbox, is what you're trying to say. Uh, yes, you have at least four customers for the Connect version of Samba the Amigo, which would be amazing. Especially especially if you can still have Samba the Monkey as, as your partner. He can still be in the side somewhere, but in the middle of the screen, it has to be you in the crazy Samba the Amigo world, and you have to superimpose maracas on the hands. And a sombrero, and a sombrero on the player, and that love is it. the greatest game ever it. made. Oh, and then you have to take pictures, like you love to fucking take pictures, and then automatically send them to people. Because there was some that wild shit too. that goes on in the background of those Samba games. Like, Especially wild. if you start doing well, yes. Like, Samba the monkey starts flipping out. His eyes get huge, oh, yeah, he's tripping and then, like, balls. glazed over, and you don't even know what, what he's thinking about. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. 
But that would wouldn't that be good? Sombreros and and the maracas. No, you have to. Screen? You actually have to wear the sombrero. It comes with a sombrero. <laughs> sombrero peripheral. Yes. Yeah, can I borrow yours? Uh, you don't live too far from me. That's racist. Yeah. You assume this man has a sombrero. I have one that I dance around sometimes when I'm happy about things. And then so. he takes a siesta. You can have that one. Yeah. We're we gonna wrap this up, or are we gonna do? Well, let's do what we've been playing, and then uh, we'll be done. All right, let's do it. Let's do a quick episode of that. Or a quick segment of that. Eric, have you been making love to your phone again this week? Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know what Let you're talking about, but I've been playing... And um, the shitty iOS game. Well, I've been playing... Uh, I saw this in the TNL iOS thread. I saw one of our members, Detour, I think it was, mentioned Puzzle Juice, so I checked that out. It's, whoa, um, whoa, anti-Semitic. That sounds... <laughs> <It's>, wow. <laughs> puzzle juice. Yeah, they're saying those Jews are good at puzzles. No, it's it's puzzle juice, as in uh, orange, orange juice. Basically what it is, is it's Tetris mixed with, um, mixed with, uh, kind of, uh, kind of Scrabble. It's Tetris and Scrabble. You, you fill it, you fill in lines, you match colors, the, uh, the blocks turn into letters, and then you match the letters, and then they disappear, and you, you score points, you make combos. It works together pretty well. I'm, I'm generally not that good at doing, like, crossword puzzles and, and boggle and doing word puzzles, so, uh, like, I'm not the best type of guy for that but it it's definitely it's it's very well designed the music is good the production values are very high it's very nicely put together it's it's not your average uh shitty looking uh ios game i mean there's definitely some high graphic design values in there so i definitely appreciate that and it works very well the turnaround for iOS games is, is way too quick. I can't keep up with these games. Like, I, I don't want to buy a hundred iOS games and then play them for a second and then move on to the next hot thing. You know, I'm still playing Angry Birds here. I'm still trying to fucking get three stars in every level. You know, give me some time. I, I'm not a yeah. I'm not even a fan of Angry Birds. I don't. I don't really care for that game at all. Like, I. I, I don't know. I'm it's okay. Not a fan of it. It's it's, okay. it's just a simple physics based puzzler. Yeah, but yeah, the I, I, the fan base like it's it's crazy. Like I said, I have my stepfather who played it once, or stepfather-in-law, yeah, who played it once on my iPhone, and then he went out and he got an iPhone, and then he bought Seasons Rio, the regular one, and he three-starred every level. Like he made it his mission in life to do that. I I must say that is pretty amazing how like a lot of people who aren't into video games have like gotten super into it, and yeah, I see that. I see the same thing, Chuck. I see like. All kinds of people getting into it, like super into it. But I, yeah, I, I just can't get into it, you know. Um. So yeah, other than the usual stuff, you know, Dark Souls, finishing up that, doing PV, doing a lot of uh, uh, versus player versus player. Um, that's pretty much what I've been doing this week. All right. Yeah. That's a lot more than I've been doing. Um. Uh, Chuck. Uh, I've been playing Rebuild My Computer. It's a lot of fun. Um, no, I, I bought some new parts, so I've been going back to older games that ran okay before, but, you know, now that I have... That's a always exciting. Redi- I know, it's it's cool. It's like you're seeing it with brand new eyes. Um, so I've been playing The Old Republic a little bit. So and like Ultima uh, Online 2 you're playing? Oh, now? yeah, yeah, you know, that, and I was playing some, uh, <laughs> some Newgrounds games, stuff like that. Um, what else have I played... I downloaded Serious Sam, but then wasn't able to play it yet. So, oh, and uh, Hero Academy. Now that everybody and their mother has jumped onto that, I'm juggling like seven or eight games. 
fun fact, I've never won yet, so if you're playing me, you're probably going to win. <laughs> All right. Um, but it's fun. It's fun. I downloaded it, but I haven't started yet, so... Well, you can win if you and play maybe, against me. Yeah, maybe. Well, we'll see. Because that's the thing, is like, I... You like spouted off your name last time, but I think you were you didn't realize that you have a separate name or something uh, for that game because I tried to look for you and it was just like no invalid name. Like oh, that's that's cute. Okay, producer cat has just woken up, so we're gonna go to Mizzo to, to take <laughs> us home with the. Well, I finished I finished Mass Effect One, which ended on on an incredible note. Yes, that last hour is so good. Yeah, I, I actually forgot to go back. I, I did the Asteroid DLC, and there was another DLC for a space station or something similar, and I forgot to go back to it because I was so caught up in what was happening that I just went right through to the end. And then as soon as I was done, I had to pop in Part 2 immediately. And the second I saw Mass Effect 2, I knew I could never go back to Part yes. 1 again. I'm like, well, the Asteroid, uh, like, I'm sorry about that DLC because I will actually never play it. I will never play it now. I will never go back and play that DLC because it's too late. I have seen part two and I can't go back. It was the same and, thing. I went right from part one to part two, and it was as soon as I saw it, it was like it's so good. And you play as the not Vanguard. Even the same game anymore. It's right. They've changed so much. And I don't mind the changes. They're pretty good changes. Uh, it's a little bit of a give and take. I, I do miss. I mean, but honestly, like everything, I kind of miss. I just miss because. At, but if you if you actually think about it from a gameplay perspective, it was just a chore. Everything it took away was just a chore. Like you, there was no point in picking. Like you had different manufacturers that made different guns and different armors, but there was a good armor and a bad armor, and then there was a better armor, and you you never really had to compare. Like, well, this is this, and this is more of that. So in certain situations, no, it, it was not. It was just this is better than this. The end. And every time you shot like two dudes, you would have a hundred things in your inventory, and you'd be close to one fifty again. And you're like, oh my god, time to gel everything below a four, you know. Time to gel everything that I don't look at, or you never even have right, to attach to, like, anything to your through gun. Tons of lists. Yeah, you never had to do it. Like if you ignored all of that, you would still be doing fine in the game. So I'm sure the extra twenty percent damage helped out a ton in your head, but it didn't really change the game significantly. And it it was you you didn't need it. I'm pretty happy they got rid of it. In a way, it feels it feels kind of weird, but uh, they they. They did improve on the thing that was good about Mass Effect, which is the conversation and the things that Shepard does. And they added those quick time triggers. The interjections? Where, yes, the interjections. And those are so good. I, I wish I was Renegade because it looks like the Renegade ones are incredible. Every time they come up, I'm like, this is going to be awesome. And I can't do it because I don't want to get Renegade I remember points. there was some you know Renegade it's gonna be interjection awesome. like that where I did it and he punched somebody and they like flew out the window. Like, you straight up murder somebody. Yeah, there's there's one in that in that like intro, or not the intro, it's like, yeah, or yeah, it is like the first dungeon I think that you do. Um, and it's like you get a Renegade one when you're talking to the guy who's really crazy. And you get to pull out your gun and you shoot the monitor that's right next to his head. And he, he totally clears up. Like, he's going, he's spazzing out and being like, arr, 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 and you shoot him next to his head. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you need info? Sure. Here you go, sir. I'm a good friend of yours. That goes in line with, uh, I actually read the, the Mass Effect 2 thread on TNL from, from, from beginning to end when I was at work because I was bored. And uh, one thing I noticed is that the spoiler tags do not work in the phone app. No, they so don't at all. The entire oh, yeah, game be was laid that. bare before my eyes. <laughs> Sorry about and, that. Uh, it's okay. And another thing I noticed is that a lot of people, uh, it's not really a complaint. It's more of a, 
more of an observation that in the first game, picking renegade options would make you a pretty evil person, which I agree with. And then uh, picking renegade options in part two just kind of makes you an awesome person. <laughs> and it's it's something I, I so so, far, so you're saying it's the awesome button that. you hit that and you do awesome it's things it's the awesome button basically and once in a while you kill somebody and you're like okay that went a little too far but, but it was, it was still awesome, awesome. <laughs> exactly so it's I I don't think it makes you as evil as it did in part one I think I'm gonna have to agree with that uh, thus far but I guess we'll see what happens again I, I'm really not that far into it I, I've only recruited it. Uh, Archangel so far. As to not to spoil who Archangel is. <laughs> it's Garrus. I've only uh, recruited... Shut up! I've only recruited him so far. That's all I've really done. But uh, the game is, is completely different. Completely different. I don't like the way that you can't put your gun away, so I feel kind of stupid walking around exploring with my gun sticking out in some of these segments, you know? Like, I, there will be a gunfight eventually, because the game is divided into exploration gunfight areas, so the two don't really mix like they did in part one. But there's still a lot of walking around with your gun sticking out for no reason, which I guess happens like in Gears and every other game. But in a game where I actually role play a little bit, like in Mass Effect, right, where I, you know, I dress up in the uniform like everyone else does and I put the makeup on and, and I sit down to play, then uh, it kind of gets in the way a little bit, I find. I don't know. It's weird that I can't put my gun away. I want to. Well, I, I guess and Mass Effect 3 is going to have some sort of connect integration if you have one. Like, I'm still not even sure what the fuck that is. I think it's voice commands. Voice commands would be cool because I I guess or something like in the in the PC version for the first one, like they upgraded your ability to command both your teammates at once. Okay, cool. So, so maybe I mean, you, it'll you be haven't looked up to that? you haven't looked up anything about this, right? You haven't seen the videos for the Connect integration or anything. I know it's the out G4 there. TV I haven't seen it though. But I stuff. wonder if it um, well, takes place with the uh, with the romance options. So you'd be like Miranda, work that ass, and then you know nice. it keeps going. Miranda has kind of a big man jaw. I think it's... Because I, I look at my shepherd, and my shepherd is cute as shit. And then I look at her, and she kind of has a big jaw, and she's sitting there talking about how, how fucking she was genetically made to be gorgeous. And I'm like, lady, I look a little bit better than you do, in my opinion. Oh. So I don't know what you're talking about. She's Sorry. actually modeled after a real person. Yeah, she's modeled after Sarah yeah, I, from I think Chuck. she might be the only... Huh. one modeled after a real person. Is her too. ass modeled after after a real I, person? I'm pretty sure it is. No. Out of control. It's it's dead ass effect. So what? that thing is connect enabled. <laughs> what? Anyway, uh, the game is Tetanus. great. The game is great. Uh, the beginning is very weird. I don't want to ruin it in case you, you're going to play it. The beginning is amazing. I'm sure people have played it, but it's just like remember what happened. To, it's like the beginning of Alien Three. You know, yeah. shit just gets raped in the first five minutes, and you're like, what is going on? Why? Yeah. Like, I was yeah. going out of my way to not ruin that for you, and I was just like, they'll let you change your character in the start yeah, of the second yeah, one. Yeah, it's just like, not no, no, there's a reason why. why. You can do it. You can go from girl to boy if you want. And I have, yep. like, I have like these, like, glowing kryptonite scars. Do those go away eventually, or what's up if with you're, that? If you're good, if you're good, they'll go away naturally. Otherwise, are you just saying that's well be good? Ways. Are you no. trying to... No, it's seriously. Like, like if you're good, they'll go away okay. naturally, and if you're renegade, they will get larger and more pronounced. Or... Or you can pay for a procedure. Yeah, there are other ways to remove them. Okay. But Got otherwise, it. like, if you don't pay to remove them, you kind of get that, like, coder face going on there. Or it, like, nice. With the giant scars and... 
Yeah. The Fable 2 experience. Speaking of Coder yeah. Face, Fable one. I, I'm going off on a small, tiny tangent that'll Are take you two seconds. Are talking about Miranda again? Because I don't want to hear that, Chuck. Oh, but I love her. Anyways, um, Your father Coder now. Face, uh, I noticed that the Old Republic has a um, button to ignore dark side corruption. So now my beautiful yeah. baby face Sith still looks fantastic. So I finished Mass Effect 1. I played a little bit of Mass Effect 2. I'm going to play it after we hang up because that game was so good so far and I will talk about it more later uh, I beat Corpse Party on the PSP which was a, a very good game it's it's a, it's a little horror Japanese horror it's got all the Japanese horror cliches it's got the it's got the, the you know like the ghost that sits in the corner and goes and it's got like the the long black hairs you know like what's up with the Jap- <laughs> are, is hair scary to Japanese people the bread with white hair. hair. Like, no, just like like long black hair. Is that like scary to Japanese people? Well, they have black hair. Well, I know they do, but I'm saying like, <laughs> have you ever seen a Japanese horror movie where like the ghost yeah, has really long black hair? Yeah, they do that in the ring, hair, and then the same director like went on and did like Gozu and, and stuff. But then there was also The Bride with White Hair, which was a much earlier Japanese horror movie about a woman who could control her hair. I think it's just like, you know, it's like a magical power thing. It hair probably has a basis in some... Japanese culture Random, aspect, yeah, thing, thing that yeah. I don't know and will probably never look up, but still. So, so course parties, like I mean, like some doors are locked up with hair, and some cabinets are full of hair, and you're just like, there's a lot of black hair in this game, and I guess it's supposed to be scary culturally, but to me, it's really not that scary. It's just weird. Maybe the maybe the game's producer found something in his soup uh, earlier <laughs> before he made the game, like a long yeah, black I hair or something. But uh, it's 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 kind of an adventure game. It's a very simple adventure game. Uh, the, it looks just like uh, Final Fantasy VI. It's like that level of of uh, graphics. And it has full Japanese voice acting. Uh, the only negative I, w- I would give it is that uh, it does encourage replayability in that there's lots of different endings you can get in every chapter. But there's no way to skip previous dialogue or cutscenes. So you kind of have to go through it. And it's it's a little annoying. Especially when you do something... You can do something wrong at the beginning of a chapter. And then like a full 45 minutes later, you're, you're going along the story, doing what you think you're supposed to be doing, and then something happens and you get a bad ending. And you're like... Now you have to re-examine everything you did until you realize, oh, this person actually could have survived that scenario. And it wouldn't have led to this bad ending 45 minutes later. Let me replay this whole thing... And listen to every conversation and watch every little, you know, like cutscene. And it's like, okay, it gets a little old. I mean, the levels are never really longer than an hour. So it's never that bad, but it's kind of bad, I guess. It was still an excellent game. It's a DLC title on the PSN for uh, PSP systems, and I enjoyed it. And uh, I also bought um, Ease Chronicles 1 and 2, so I'll be playing through that next. So I'm excited because I've never really played an Ease game before i'm getting started on the whole falcon yeah, i really thing. need to get back into e7 i really liked what i played of it but i, I just sort of caught, caught up in a bunch of different games do you have to ease back into it yeah i gotta ease <laughs> back into it man i went to get um i, I went to buy one and two because i was going to get it on WiiWare. then i remember that i don't support WiiWare because it's garbage and you don't really own your games so i decided to look up the psp version which is infinitely i love PSP, the psp versions are pretty like cheap you get the Oath Felgana, 1 and 2, and E7, I think, pretty cheap. Yeah. You know what? I, I look for 1 and 2, like the collector's thing with the CD and stuff, and it's going for like 100 bucks. Are you serious? On eBay and Amazon. Really? Yeah. Because Amazon was selling them pretty cheap for a while. and they 
Right. Yeah. And then I looked it up on GameStop, and locally there were a couple of GameStops that had it for twenty bucks new. So I, I just picked it up, and I saw E7 Collector's Edition while I was at GameStop for like thirty bucks. And I'm like, why not? Add that to my order, good sir. The guy was like, what? And I was like, can I buy that? And then, um, so I have both now, and uh, I will definitely be giving them a shot next. And I think that's it for what I've been playing. All right, sounds good. We're going to cut out a little early for us, about an hour and a half. Producer Cat went right back to sleep, but uh, I think we should just cut it, <laughs> cut it off anyway. Well, Nick, you didn't play anything? I don't think I played a single thing. I think I might have played a little bit of multiplayer Saints Row, but I I really don't want to get into yeah, that yeah. right now. I will be playing plenty more in, in February. Just been a little okay. busy this particular month. All right. But, uh, yeah, so we'll be back next week. Haven't decided on the topic yet, but uh, I'm sure there's there's plenty to talk about. Uh, there are a few people that uh, we're going to have on the show in the future. Um, from uh, We're going to have Ken from Sega 16 and uh, Bon from, from many sites, TNL and some other surprises but yeah if you do if you do have anything you want to tell us you can always visit us on the forums at the next level or you can call us at 312-233-2865 we'll see you either way so goodbye everybody thank you goodbye and, uh, let's put it on pause right now 